Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of This Is Your Captain Speaking. Super happy to have uh, somebody on today that's being mentioned as uh, one of the most influential experts in conversion optimization. So we're definitely going to drill into that a little bit. But uh, Talia Wolf, or Talia Wolf, I said I said I wouldn't get it wrong and I got it wrong the first time I said it. Talia Wolf. So my apologies for that, Talia, but welcome. Really happy to have you on. Hi, I'm excited to be here and that's absolutely fine. Everyone calls me Talia and Talia and other names. We're all good. <laughs> Good, good, good. And you said it before. I said, like, I'm going to remind myself 10 times in my head how to say your name and so that I don't say it wrong. And the first time I say it is, is incorrect. So my apologies. <laughs> but just a rundown on, on your experience. I have your LinkedIn profile here in front of me and looking at things like you were back at Monday.com before Monday.com was Monday.com. Uh-huh. Right. So there you go. So also, like, then trade, trade the rest of your experience being all around conversion rate optimization, as I see, right? Um, yep. And now you're with Get Uplift, you're a founder and CEO there. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what you guys at Get Uplift do? Yeah, definitely. So we're a conversion optimization agency. And what we do is we help high growth brands optimize their websites and their funnels um, with emotion. So we kind of uh, really specialize in something that I created called emotional targeting. It's a whole methodology and we are customer first, essentially. So it's a bit different than usual conversion optimization uh, processes, but we've been helping people and brands for many years. Um, And it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Tell me a little bit about this emotional conversion optimization. Tell me, I want to learn more. Tell me, what is it? (laughs) So, you know, when you talk about conversion optimization, oftentimes it's viewed as changing elements on a page, right? So you want to optimize your landing page or your homepage and you go on the landing page and you change the color of the call to action button and you're like, okay, let's test this. And then you get little to no interesting results because it's boring because conversion optimization, as I discovered um, over a decade ago, unfortunately, because I'm that old, Um, isn't about changing elements on the page. It's about helping people solve problems. So really, uh, the whole emotional targeting methodology is built on the understanding that if we understand how people make decisions, their decision-making process, we can optimize and create funnels that they will love to convert to. And because every decision we make in life is based on emotion, Emotional marketing is key. So if you want to optimize landing pages, emails, funnels, anything really, you have to understand the emotional intent. What's the emotions behind the different purchases that people are making um, and then optimize for that. So that helps you understand what copy to write, what design to create and all that good stuff. So it's really just about understanding psychology and human behavior. So give me, like, let's take a real world example here, right? So like, you've obviously worked with many, many brands, right? Uh, Give us an example of something that you would typically update or what's your process, right? Like, so if you're talking about emotional, emotional optimization, obviously you want to be making sure that you said about this, people make the decision with their emotions rather than, that's, that's the thing that drives, that's the thing that drives the decision making. So is it mostly looking at entire copy and seeing if it works and seeing if it's, I don't know, solving the problem that the customer should be having? Or like, like where do you start with that? Because right? okay. it's easy to say like colors of CTAs and 
I do, like and and a form where whether it's a pop up form or whether it's an inline form that's embedded in the page or how many how many uh, fields are in the form etc. But like, what's your process? Yeah. So great question, because I think when it comes to conversion optimization, the hardest part is knowing what changes to make that will actually increase conversions, right? So the foundation of our process is research, unfortunately. I know everyone like rolls their eyes like, oh, more research. But you have to know who your customers are, right? Beyond, you know, age, geographical location, uh, gender, and the browser that they're using, you want to understand who they are, what problems they're trying to solve. Um, so in our process, we do customer surveys, we do visitor surveys, we do customer interviews with one goal in mind, understanding the top three pains that lead people to websites to look for a solution and understanding how people want to feel after finding a solution. So we do this with many brands, whether if it's Teamwork or Bitly or Sprout Social uh, or Mercedes in the past, it's all about understanding what are the top pains that people um, are experiencing, the challenges, the things that are keeping them up at night, and then how do they want to feel after finding a solution? Now, once we have that information, we can then audit the copy. Because then we can see, oh, are we using the words that our customers are using? Are we telling stories they care about? Can our customers see the why? What's in it for them? Because many, many times as businesses, we focus on our features, on our pricing. We focus on ourselves, on the solution that we're offering. But once you do the research, you know that you're not the hero, your customer is. So your copy has to be about that. So armed with research, we will then analyze your copy and your design and the whole customer uh, journey. And that will help us easily see, oh, you know, we're saying the wrong things. We're telling the wrong story. We're missing out key points here that people care about. We're not addressing key challenges and so on and so on. And that helps us. Isn't that like a typical thing for marketers generally? Like instead of let's not like let's put conversion rate optimization to the side. But isn't that like a, a general thing that most marketers are getting wrong anyway, is understanding oh, yeah. their customer better and then everything that they're doing should be based on how the customer sees the world, right? A hundred percent. Like everyone's getting this wrong, right? So the CRO lens is like a small lens, um, which we usually come in from. But obviously what happens is we do our research and then sales are like, oh, we could use this. And customer success are like, oh, we could use this too. And then you've got the different, different factions within marketing that are all using this research. The thing is that most companies just skip this foundational work. They're like, I know the customer, it's fine. And you end up writing you know, product focused copy, you end up babbling things on the website and you're really not being, uh, not creating something that people like. So it really is, CRO is just one lens. It could be in the emails that you're writing and really everything that you do. So a hundred percent, everyone's getting this wrong. Everyone's skipping it um, and moving right to like, okay, I'll just stare at a page now and hope words fall from somewhere and I'll be able to write this magnificent copy that I see everywhere. That's a very good point because I think like, so So what you're actually offering is if I, based on what you told me is message optimization rather than just like, or messaging optimization, right? So you're looking at what the customer says about the company. You're seeing what the customer is saying about the problem at hand. And you're seeing how the company itself then goes and, and, uh, and addresses that problem or the need that the customer has and then convert that into everything basically across yeah. all channels. So do you guys then, 
also then do all of the copywriting on behalf of the customer like once you get in and once you've done that research like what's what's next for you so it depends on it really depends on the company what we do is we map out the first six months so where we're going to get the biggest impact for optimization and we have a team of conversion copywriters. So we'll either be writing entire, you know, email sequences or we'll be um, knocking out new landing pages or comparison pages or homepages and pricing pages um, and wireframing them. Usually we work with the team's design team. So the brand's design team, because they already have one and then we're working with them and we're launching A-B tests. So the idea is to continuously experiment and see what's working and what isn't because your research is only as good as you're putting it to work. So you have a hypothesis that these are, you know, the three pains that are leading people to your website. Now let's go test it. So our work ongoingly is constantly creating more copy and creating new assets and optimizing and testing them. Okay, interesting. I'm going to start there on the A-B testing thing because I've worked with so many companies and CEOs and everything like, we need to be A-B testing, right? And I'm like, okay, but you have like 12 people visiting your website, right? So like yeah. in order to run a significant A-B test, it's going to take you 145 years in order to find which one is working better than the other, right? So oh. so like what what's your view on that? Because I, I every CEO that does it, like every CEO that we're, oh, let's A-B test it and see which one works. I'm like, what you're going to end up with is like an insignificant test result, like or one might lean in a different direction, but like what's that really telling you? So what's, what's your view on that? Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. So I just want to say conversion optimization isn't just A-B testing. And I'll just get this out the way. So in terms of A-B testing, our rule is that we want to have at least 100 conversions per variation. So either 100 signups for each one. So you have to have a lot of traffic and you want to be running it for two to three weeks, depending on the type of page. If it's a sign-up page, sometimes it's longer, you know. So if you don't have a hundred conversions per variation in at least two weeks, um, you're not going to be able to run A-B tests, but that doesn't mean you can't do conversion optimization. That's when we go back to the research that we did, because if you do meaningful research and you understand your customers better, then you can make data informed decisions. And will it be statistically significant? No, it will not be, but it's better than doing nothing. So you could launch with a new landing page, a new homepage, a new pricing page, run it for two weeks, see how it's doing and check that out. So yes, would it be better to run A-B tests for sure, but that shouldn't stop you from optimization. But yeah, most companies, especially in SaaS, can't um, run A-B tests. I fully agree. I fully agree. But then they, then they give out that they don't. So one of the things I've seen often is like, why aren't we running A-B tests? You know, we should be running it. It's like, and the, the marketers, I've seen marketers, oh yeah, we'll just go do it. And I'm like, don't just go do it. Like push back, like, like you should be, yes, conversion rate optimization. Obviously there are things that need to be optimized, but like, don't just run away and start doing things because the CEO has said, oh, we should do A-B testing because I heard A-B testing is a thing. Right. I so, person in the office. Yeah. You know, I think that if you really want to A-B test then, and you don't have the traffic on the website, you could look into email A-B testing because testing on email is easier or testing in your ads. So if you want to figure out like, oh, I think I know our unique selling proposition, or I think I have this amazing thing that I want to say, then you can try it in your ads and see how it works there. But for sure, obviously, there's a problem with conversion optimization in general that goes back to the problem, which, you know, the main thing I mentioned before, which is 
it's very hard to know what changes to make on a page to increase conversion. And more often than not, people just opt into best practices or the highest paid opinion in the office. So if the CEO says, well, you know, this person's doing it, so we should try it, then you're not going to say no, right? Um, so this is why research is so important because you can arm yourself with like, I see what you're saying, uh, Mrs. CEO, but here's the thing. Our customers are saying this and we should try that. Um, and maybe she'll that listen makes, well. That makes good sense. That makes good sense. And it keeps on going back to this research thing, which is uh, very helpful in that I like I, I try to do it myself. I'm, again, I put my hand up and say it's not easy to do it, to go and spend the time with the customer base, to fully understand them, to really, really dig into their needs, really understand the problems that they have. And most marketers will be the same. I feel as though marketers are like the furthest away from the customer and anybody in the organization typically, which is, it shouldn't be the case, right? Um, maybe devs actually are probably further away, but I would put marketers not for, not too, I put them relatively close in terms of the distance that they are from the customer with devs, right? The majority of the market, they might have one or two marketers on the team that might know a customer here, there are people that maybe organize events, for example, but they may not be asking the customers the right questions, right? There's, it needs to be a systematic approach towards creating a relationship with the customer to understand what their needs and problems are, right? Agreed. Yeah. And I think there are different ways as marketers that you can reach out and you can get closer to customers, um, whether if it's just sitting on sales calls or sitting on customer success calls and whether if it's reaching out and having interviews with them. I know a lot of marketers are just scared to run interviews and there's always that saying like, oh, you know, we don't want to bother our customers. But like a 10 minute call can change everything you do in your marketing just by asking meaningful questions, not like, why did you buy from us? But real meaningful questions that will change the way you perceive your product um, or the way or your solution that you're selling. And I think it is, you know, it's it is important that every single marketer runs at least five to 10 interviews per quarter um, with customers and just speak to them, just get to know them. That's a very good point. I'm taking a note of that. You know, five to 10 interviews per quarter. I'm going to mention that to yeah. a couple of people on the team. Good. Uh, one of the things you mentioned there a minute ago was around best practice. So best practices when it comes to conversion rate optimization. You hate it. Tell me about that. Okay. I best practices suck okay because they are someone else's best practice and you go on you know you go to google and you're like how do i optimize a pricing page and someone has this is how i increase my pricing page by three hundred thousand percent with this one hack and you spend like a million years trying to get this freaking hack going on your website and it, more often than not it just like fails because it's based on someone else's research and it was one little thing and they had, you know, their conversion was nothing. And then they kind of increased it by two people. So it was 50% increase. It's, it's just best practices. They really are problematic and you should take them with a grain of salt. But what I can say is if you are going to look at best practices, I would treat them more as like the foundation, the foundation of what not to test, like, basic stuff that you should already know like it's not best practices because your audience is different and even if you are 
looking at your competitor just because they're doing something doesn't mean that you should be doing it too because their audience is different your unique selling proposition is different so best practices i would say like use it as a layer of like this is foundational this is what every website should have like should I have a ghost button? No, I should not have a ghost button. Should I have social proof? Yes, I should have social proof on my website. You know, stuff like that. But that's foundational. Um, yeah. Sorry, I think, I think even a lot of people are not... That's, <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. But I think even a lot of people are getting the uh, are getting the foundational stuff wrong, if I'm being very honest with you. Yeah. Uh, especially in larger ticket sale items so like if a lot of the stuff that you've been referring to it would be my guess it would be very much product-led growth plays whereby it's sign up for a free trial uh enter sign enter a sign up funnel and then it's a high volume SaaS, right uh would that be correct in assuming yes. or yeah that we we do work with like e-commerce and we have worked with multiple different websites but yeah that is the main yeah, because yeah. I see it like if so I, I see it across even like higher higher ticket SaaS, right? And that you could have uh, annual recurring revenues of 100K plus a year, right? More even. And uh, they just don't have a breeze, right? When yes. it comes, because they're, they're focused on converting people for demo requests or contact us right. or pricing requests, right? And yeah. when it comes to just even the even the most simple of of conversion rate optimization tactics, just on landing pages alone, right? Uh, when it comes to a demo request page, disastrous, right? Absolutely disastrous. But then what I would say is that if you're in that situation where you're just getting started or you're not huge, you can use best practices as your foundation. Go and read, you know, one of the big guides to landing pages and don't test, just implement all this stuff. Like, oh, have an H1, have this should be your value prop. This should be your, you know, blah, blah. This should, this is where social proof goes. This is where your hero image goes. Just like follow those best practices. So that is your minimal viable product. And then from there, start optimizing. Um, and I think that's, that's where I would start because I think, you know, there's so many landing page creators and so many website creators. So starting with the foundation, they're mostly based on best practices. So I think, I think it's, yeah, that's where I would start. Perfect. Hey, look, we've come just up on time. So like, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, yes, you said it right. You did. You said it right. Italian. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Where can people find you? Um, so either on our website, getuplift.co, um, and we've got like a bazillion guides there and worksheets and what and whatnot. Um, and on LinkedIn, because now I'm active on LinkedIn all the time and I've basically deleted all other social media platforms because they annoy me. So I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm the exact same, by the way. Everything else just sucks. Like like everything else is just like uh it's so addictive that it's just it's not even, yeah, I'm just wasting I, yeah. time. I deleted my Instagram account um, two months ago and I've never been happier. I was just, yeah. I was addicted. I didn't, yeah. I, I, for the first week, I found myself going to my phone to scroll yeah. for no reason. Like that's how addicted I was. So I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, God. Top tip for you. Remove like, remove now YouTube because YouTube shorts as well. Once you get into that, that's also like, it's not as good as Instagram reels, but it's nearly as like, if you don't have Instagram on your phone, and you see YouTube and you're like, oh, look at that. Delete it. Twitter, delete it. How would I watch my Marvel breakdown videos? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Fair. 
<laughs> but you can go to the YouTube. You can go to YouTube on your browser and just look at look at yeah. the videos there. That's my advice to you. Yeah. From one addict to another, when social media, <laughs> I deleted all social media apps apart from LinkedIn on my phone a year ago, and I've never looked back. Oh my god! Because yeah. Anyway, that's it's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But hey, Talia, it's been really really nice speaking with you. Thank you so much for your insights. And we'll make sure that all of your stuff is shared in the description as well so people can find you as well. We'll link to everything. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can have you back on again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure. Guys, this has been another episode of This Is Your Captain Speaking. Tune in again next week for more great content. Thanks, Talia. Thank you.